Well, good morning, Life Church. So good to see you. So glad everybody's here online and in the house. We welcome you. Uh, just going to get right into the word here pretty quick. And uh, we are so blessed to be people of God. Now, that wasn't a filler comment. That was a real comment that you're supposed to be cheering about. I said, we are so blessed to be people of God, people of God's word. In a day when yes doesn't always mean yes, and you know your truth and my truth might be different, there's still a truth. There's still a firm foundation of truth with which to, in, in which to walk. And I am so very, very, very grateful for uh, the fact that we have God, his faithful word. God's word is truth. Today I am uh, just going to get started here in a minute. This is all just extra, like free, extra material here for you. Uh, I, what I'm trusting in this morning is that, if, as the scriptures say, um, the word of God is living and active and full of power making it operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God is powerful. And uh, we are going through the book of Ephesians, and uh, it's just been great so far. Pastor Matt knocked it out of the park two weeks ago, started off in chapter one of Ephesians. And last week, uh, Pastor Tanya talked about the second half of chapter one, and to know him, to know God, to know hope, to know our worth, to know his power, to know Jesus' complete authority. We can know these things because of God talking to us through his word, God speaking to us, God revealing himself to us. You know, you and I, we, if we try our hardest with our brains, no offense to you, uh, but we can't know God, okay? He's not knowable by us unless he reveals himself to us. But the Bible says if we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. If you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. If you seek him, you will find him. You can be close to God. You can know God. You can, uh, you can experience him. You can experience his love. And I'm so grateful for what God has done in us and, and will do through us. Uh, today, uh, my, my assignment from our lead pastor, Matt, is uh, to go through Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So in a moment, we're going to be reading that. Uh, but today we're talking about the theme of the, of the sermon today is Amazing Grace. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or not, but I, <laughs> I, think, I think if there's one song, Christian song that people know all around the world, it's Amazing Grace. And uh, that's what we're talking about. It's the catalyst. It's, it's what makes our salvation work. And, you know, we're going to be talking about grace. We're also going to be talking about our walk. And uh, I was thinking about walking, and, uh, you know, there's a contrast here in chapter 2 between what we, where we used to walk and where we are intended, where God intends us to be walking. And 
I, I was thinking about some of my favorite places to walk. Where do you like to walk? Do you like to go for a walk in the woods? Do you like to walk up and down the stairs in your apartment building because you don't want to go anywhere? Do you, where do you, do you like to walk through, uh, you know, in a, in a garden? Do you like to walk in town and stop at every, every stop at every block while you're waiting for traffic? Do you like, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I have three places I wanted to tell you about where I like to walk. And I mean, this is just me, okay? But you might, you might agree with, uh, with me that these places are okay. Well, the first place that I like to walk, uh, I put it down at first and foremost, and I've only been there twice in my whole life, uh, but God willing, I'm going to be back there in the next year sometime. Kapalua Coastal Trail in beautiful downtown Maui. Uh, it's, it's, it's all right, and uh, that trail has everything. It's got lava fields, it's got cliffs, it's got surf, it's got, I think it's even got a golf course if, I'm, if I don't have it mixed up with another trail. Anyway, it's, it's a great trail. Uh, closer to home, uh, of course, we like the promenade. A lot of people say, oh, no, no, uh, second, uh, Crescent Beach, that's where we need to be. I, I kind of like the, uh, I, I do like the, the action around the, 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 the city-ish kind of place. Um, city-ish, that's a new word I just made up just now. Um, White Rock Promenade. But if I had my druthers, I'd, I'd be down at Coal Harbor uh, in Vancouver. And my wife took that picture, actually. She might have taken the other one, too. She took all these pictures, probably. She's usually with me when I'm walking. Anyway, where, where do you like to walk? Well, God has a place where he wants us to be walking, not where we used to walk, but where we, he intends us to walk. And we're going to be uh, getting into the word here. We're going to pray. We're going to read the scripture going to talk about a few things from the scripture, and then I got a couple of points, and we can go home for lunch. How's that sound? Okay? Well, let's pray first. Lord, you're, you're knowable because you've revealed yourself to us, and you've given us a brain we can read these words, and, and uh, Lord, even to desire them, even to desire you is a miracle. We don't, we don't have it in us without your grace. We don't have it in us to even seek you. But Lord, here we are today, people who are gathered together online and in person, gathered together to hear a word from God. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just going to go through the scriptures here in the New King James Version and uh, the uh, chapter 2 of Ephesians, and it starts out this way, and you he made alive who were dead and in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, there's that word, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedient, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the others. Verse 4, but God, who was rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us 
in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just jump right in here. Verse 1, it talks about the fact that Jesus made us alive. Who were, We were dead in trespasses, which is like a lapse or a, a deviation from truth and uprightness, uh, and sins, which means failing to hit the mark, to, to just to not, not do it right. And so verse 2, it just talks about the... And, and, verses 2 three, uh, two and 3, it talks about our, our walk, the way we are if we're just left to our own devices. And, you know, you can feel like, well, no, I'm not really like that. Listen, if you desire to do what's right, it, that's, a, that's a desire that comes from God. Left on our own, we just want what we want, when we want, for us, so that we can have it the way we like. And, you know, some of you look like you, you don't like what I'm saying, but I, I know deep down that's kind of like the way we are, left on our own devices. Thankfully, we're not left on our own devices, and I, I just believe in you that are here and watching online. You know, you're seeking after God, so you may struggle in some of these areas, but really your desire and mine is to walk the way God wants us to walk. Can I get, you know, an amen, an agreement here? We might not always get it right, but we want to go in this direction because God has done something in us and given us a desire to reach out to Him. And, uh, uh, oh man, there's, the Bible is so rich. I was going to start quoting other scriptures. I'm just going to leave it right there. You once walked, and this word walk, it's, it's kind of like to make one's way. It's not like going for a walk like I started off talking about Kapalua Trail and you know, the promenade and, and Coal Harbor. Uh, it, it's not like just going for a walk. It's, it's your whole life. You know, the way that we walked before, according... Now, look at these three different things. According to the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Do you think that there may be some evil forces out there in the world today? been watching the news at all. You know, there's, there's bad stuff happening in Canada, United States, all around the world. I mean, you know, we do have our issues here in Canada. But listen, there's people that are suffering and struggling with horrible experiences, way worse than we have it, all around the world. People that are, uh, anyway, I won't start going there, but it, there's this thing, the course of this world, and you know, if you look at social media or, or um, you look at the press, or you look at Hollywood, and the influences that are in our culture, Western culture. Uh, there, there's a lot of things like th that are, are questioning truth, and against this, and against that, and canceling this, and, and, and doing different things. You know, according to the course of this world, that's just the way they think. That's just the way they are. But we used to be like that too, and sometimes we fall into that through influence. But we have to remember it's not just, well, your truth and that's, that, you know, your, that's your opinion and you're, you know, you're, you're free to have it. And it's true that thankfully we're in a free country, 
where we can have an opinion. Uh, but, you know, the course of this world, we have to be careful as sisters and brothers in Christ that it's, we don't go there to, uh, to, according to the prince of the power of the air. This is sort of like these three things kind of go hand in hand. The course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit, there's a spirit that's working in the sons of disobedience. There's a spirit that's working in, in our, our land today, not only our land, but all around the world, works in the people of disobedience. We're in a spiritual war. So these, you know, we, we want to be gracious, we want to ha have um, patience with other ideas and, and all of that, but we have to be careful because we are in a spiritual warfare. And there is such a thing as right and wrong. There is. And, uh, you know, the, the truth is, is eternal truth. And uh, I'm just going just gonna to leave it there. But we don't want to walk according to the course of this world. Anybody with me on that? Now, we once, verse 3, we, we all, all of us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us have been there and done that. We may feel like, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, and, -so, and you, well, thank God for that. That may be true, but we've all walked according to our, uh, uh, conduct ourselves, all walked according to this way. Uh, the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath. And, you know, again, as Christians, we cannot be uh, proud or arrogant and think we're, you know, we're holier than thou, but on the other hand, we have to be holier than thou. Like we have to be holier than walking according to the spirit that is in this world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we want to be humble and say, well, it's by God's grace and all of that. But we have to remember that we are called to something different. We aren't called to be like others and just, well, we're all the same. Like we were there. We did that. But that's not where we go now. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind, the nature, the, by, by nature, children of wrath. And uh, someone, there's a translation here, I think it's the uh, Amplified. It says, heirs, heirs of indignation, heirs of God's indignation. Listen, I'll tell you what, you and I, we don't want to be heirs of God's indignation. I'm going to inherit that. I'm going to inherit God's wrath, his indignation. No, God wants us to be a, a whole different kind of people. You know, the, the definition of the flesh, sometimes we'll take the word flesh or fleshly desires, uh, the lusts of our flesh, and we'll will think, well, I don't do that, and I don't do that, and I don't do that, and I compare myself with that pile of horrible stuff. But there's a list that is a little more troubling than that, at least to me, and uh, it's the, the list of the, of the works of the flesh in Galatians. And, uh, you know, it starts off, and it's part of that list that, you know, we don't go there, so thank God that we're not that. But sometimes it gets a little closer to home. Participating in corrupt sexual relationships, this is Galatians 5.19, impurity, unbridled lust, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, okay, well, that, that list is great. I can compare myself favorably to that list. But, you know, I, I got to admit, 
I just, I just have to admit to you that sometimes I'm, this other part of the list gets a little bit closer to home. How about this one, arguing? How about jealousy? How about anger? How about selfishness? How about contentiousness, division? Envy of others' good fortune? Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's an all-encompassing list, and God does not want us to walk in that way. That's, that's basically, that's the way we were, and of course now that's how we walk on our own, but then Christ comes into the picture, and he makes a difference in our lives. And it's, uh, it comes in, but God, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy. I am so grateful. One of the uh, things that I like to identify myself by, there's a lot of talk about identifying and identification, and identify as this. I identify myself as a recipient of God's mercy. <laughs> Listen, without God's mercy, I am hooped. <laughs> I, I, I just, it's hopeless without God, okay? You know, we can try hard, and we can kind of be okay, and we live in Canada, and, you know, and, and, you know we, we live in one of the freest places in history. And uh, we could argue about that, but it's still true. And, you know, God is rich in mercy because of his great love, the great and wonderful and intense. God has intense, rich, big, giant, enormous, overwhelming love for you and me. How does God feel about you? How do you feel about the way God feels about you? Let's change our ideas so that our emotions will come up to the truth where we know that God feels a lot of love for you and me. It's not like, well, you guys are a bunch of losers and I'm really ch choked at you, but I love you anyway. No, no. There's times when God isn't pleased with us. Fair enough. But God has intense love for you and for me. He didn't feel all gushy-gushy when he went to the cross, but that's his demonstration of love. He had emotions about what he was going to be facing. The Bible says he even sweat blood. I, I don't know how that works, you know, medically and clinically, but, you know, seems seems pretty intense to me <laughs> that Jesus had those conflicting. He says, God, if there's any other way, but it's because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, he made us alive. Now, here's some togetherness. We got together with Christ, made alive with Christ. Easter's coming, okay? Easter's coming. Jesus Christ is alive today. Jesus Christ is alive. He literally rose from the dead in history. It's not a myth. It's not just a story. It's the truth that Jesus is alive, and he has made us alive in him. If you feel a little dead, if you feel a little dreary, come on, identify with Jesus. Come close to him. He has made you alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved, and he's raised us up together. Now, I don't understand this either. It doesn't seem very humble, but it says to say this as a person, but it says he's made us sit together 
in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus, where is he? He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. He's glorified. And the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches. This is not just a positive message. The Bible teaches the very word of truth will tell you that we have been made alive and we sit together with Jesus, spiritually speaking, in heavenly places. Where are you? Where, where are you? Well, again, let's identify. We could identify with the dumps and the doldrums and, and you know, and, and COVID and, you know, and strife and all the different things. But let's identify with this too, at least in addition to all that other stuff. But maybe first, let's identify with the fact that Jesus Christ is seated together with Father in heavenly places, and we are together with him in heavenly places too. Together, together, together. We've been raised up together. We have uh, been made alive together, and we sit together. This is a place of favor. This is a place of favor and rest and glory. Wow. He wants to show you off like a trophy. In that ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. And one translation says, we will stand as a living testimony to the incredible riches of his grace and kindness. I, I, don't, I don't really know everything that, well, neither do you. We don't know what's going to happen in eternity. Like in 10,000 years from now, and, you know, it's all, all the books are opened and all the judgments happen and we're in the heavenly places. Frankly, I don't know what we're going to be doing from year 10,000 to year 10,050. I don't know what we're going to be doing, but I do know that one of the things that God wants to do is be able for eternity to point to the, the, uh, the salvation of humanity and say, look at that, isn't that cool? <laughs> That's the kind of mercy and love and grace that I have. I, I just wanted to let you see that. That's like my award right there. That's my mercy award. <laughs> God showing us off. I don't know who he's showing us off too. Maybe just he just likes it. Uh, we are, we are, uh, it says we're saved for by grace you have been saved uh, through faith. Uh, grace is one of those Christian words and it literally kind of means it like a gift. Uh, some people like to say, you know, grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. The riches of his mercy, the riches of his love, the riches of his salvation at Christ's expense. It's not of our works. It's a gift of God. It's not of our works, lest anyone should boast. And uh, it, it's, it's a gift. It's a present that needs to be opened, right? We need to receive his gift. That's our part. Our part is taking the gift and going, oh, thank you, and opening it and embracing it. That's our part. God's part is to pay for the gift, to go shopping for the gift, to make the plans for the gift, to wrap the gift in history, and, and to present it to us. And our job is to go, thank you, <laughs> and take it, open it. Don't just leave it on the shelf but make it a part of our lives. It's given. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was, I, this, I, it says it's the gift of God. I, I assumed in my mind, because I've 
studied a few things in the scriptures and over the over my life, but I was I was actually assuming it was the wrong Greek word. It's a different Greek word from charis. It's uh, it's a word that means a, a gift given in honor, like a gift given and as a sacrifice to God. Actually, in worship, it's the same word. God, in a, in a way to honor you and me, He gave us this gift. That's pretty cool. Our new walk. Our new walk. We had the old walk. We've got God working in us. And now here's our new walk, for we are his workmanship. And now that word workmanship is an interesting word. It's only used twice in the entire scriptures. The other place it's used, if you may remember in Romans chapter 1, it talks about how that everything that God made, everything that God made reveals God to us. God can be seen clearly in creation, the things that he made. And the second time that same word is used only, exclusively, in the New Testament scripture, it says we are his workmanship. Another word for this word workmanship is we are his own handiwork. We are God's masterpiece. Think of it, one of the most creative, powerful, smartest, most talented, awesome um, entities that is God the Father. He, he made you. Now, you know, as, as, as physical people, body, soul, and spirit people, uh, we have been created, of course, but then there's the recreation as well. The new life that comes, being born again of the Spirit, and the new creation that happens in us uh, it's part of God's handiwork, part of his workmanship. And the Bible says that in uh, Psalms, it says that the Lord actually delights in his people. The Lord looks at you and, you know, he just looks at you and he goes, wow, that's, that's awesome. You know, I, I've got, uh, I got four grandchildren now and, and uh, you know, some of them are a little easier to handle than others. Let me just say it that way. But when I look at their pictures... It's, I just think they all look so good, you know. They all look so great. And uh, they're really, really quiet when they're sleeping mostly, so that's really good. But anyways, you know, I take delight in them. Even the ones that are a little ornery, I still take delight in them. And God takes delight in you. He just, he just thinks, he just, you know, he's, someone once said, and I know my wife is tired of me saying this, but, you know, if, if God had a refrigerator, you know, your picture would be on it, you know, because <laughs> he just, he just kind of, he just likes you. He takes pleasure in you. You are God's masterpiece, and, you know, that's great, but, you know, as Christians, we sometimes, this is what sometimes what Christians do is they say, well, it's not of works, and I'm God's very special creation, and I'm so thankful. Now, what else have you got for me? But the, the sentence doesn't stop there with you are God's masterpiece. He says you've been created in Christ Jesus for a purpose, for good works. Now I've got a question for you, and this might cause some discomfort, just saying. Seven days ago, the week started, 
and how it's ended this particular week. And I know Sunday's the first day of the week, or Saturday's the weekend. I, you know, let's not get technical. It's, but in the last seven days, tell me about. Don't tell me. Think about. Okay, all the good works that you did. Okay, because we're meant to have been doing good works, and next week the same, because God made you special. God loves you. And he created you, recreated you, gifted you, made you special so that you fit into a certain part of his plan. And you and I have a job to do. We have been created to walk in good works. We are not saved by good works. Read the verse before. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But verse 10, verse 9 says, not of works. Verse 10 says, but now let's get busy. Okay, so God created you and I. He prepared beforehand. It's all mapped out for us. It's better than a GPS, and if we go off track, you know, it's re recalibrating. <laughs> go, off the, go off track, recalibrating, and you can get back to, um, you know, don't give up if you got off track. Okay, God can recalibrate you way better than any GPS. And he's created us this way, prepared ahead of time that we should walk in those things. Amen. Isn't God's word great? Wow, what a wonderful scripture. I'm so glad I got to preach on this, Pastor Matt. Thank you. Now let's just close this off here. And if, uh, if is Tanya going to be on the keys um, or, or Pastor Matt, one of the two? The walk that we have begins with a first step, okay? The walk that we have begins with the first step. And the first step in our Christian walk is to receive the present, receive the gift. And if you're here today or perhaps watching online or on demand and you just kind of been flicking through YouTube and you saw that, and you, you know, there's no accidents here. And you and I, we need to know that we have received the gift, the present of God's grace, his mercy is salvation. The Bible says that if, if you want to see the kingdom, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you only can do it through a new birth. There's only one way to the Father, and that's by faith through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you think, you know what, I, I, I really like all this stuff, but I, I'm not even sure I've ever, you know, intentionally received that gift. We need to do that. That's the first step. That's before, you know, that, that, that's before anything else in the Christian life is taking that step to receive Jesus. And you might say, well, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a Christian. I, I'm a believer. I'm one of God's children. That's great. But now we've taken that step. But now Christianity is not just a step. It's a walk. Thank you, Vern Wilson. We have to be walking, walking in our purpose, walking in our plan. You, you were made to function in an area of God's plan. You and I today, we need to overcome isolation. We need to overcome anxiety. We need to overcome insecurity maybe even opposition or uncertainty about the future. 
We need to overcome some of these things and continue our walk and not allow ourselves to be sidelined. And maybe God is here right now and, you know, he's, he's recalibrating you in your life. Let's get back on track and get involved in the walk God has made us to walk in. Amen. Can I pray with you today? I'm going to pray a prayer that you might be able to identify with. If, if there's a part of that prayer that I pray, you can just, you know, raise your hand. You can, you know, say amen. You can respond, respond in your heart, if you would, please. Whether you're here in the room or online, we're so glad that you're here both, both in person and online, and I thank you for that. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Without your mercy, without your love, we would not have any hope in this world. But you've given us this free gift of your grace called salvation. Lord, we used to walk one way, but now hear us, your people. We want to walk a different way. We want to take that first step for sure. And right now, Lord, we receive your love. We receive your gift. We turn away from our old ways, following the lusts of the flesh and the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. And God, I'm turning away from those things and turning toward you. That first step in the Christian walk. Come into my life, Lord. Make me clean on the inside. Make me new from the inside out. I want to be the person that you want me to be. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us and you've brought us that far. God, we want to continue on that walk. And maybe, Lord, I, I need some recalibration today. I pray, God, Holy Spirit, come and bring that recalibration into my life. God, I want to walk the way you've made me to walk. I want to function the way you've made me to function. I thank you, Lord, for your grace in my life, your strength, your plan, the beautiful thing you've done for me. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.